It's Robin Marshall, America's number one sugar mom. And what I want to talk about today is very special, very titillating, very enticing, very much a part of my life and yours, I hope. And it's kissing. Without a kiss, what else is there? Let me just ask you. Are you still being kissed in the way you like? Or are you sort of going through the motions with your partner just to get where you have to be? A means to an end. Laying there, half satisfied, wondering how you got in the bed in the first place without that kiss. It just doesn't work. You can fool yourself, lie to yourself, talk to yourself, as I do. Or you can make it right. Talk to your partner. Or just kiss them the way you like to be kissed. Setting by example? Haven't we heard that before? Is it somewhere deep inside of you that's been locked away for a while and you just don't know how to bring it forward? To me, that's really sad. That's a waste. There are so many benefits to kissing. And really, I have some fun benefits to share with you. It's not all about romance. There are many different aspects about a kiss that I bet you just don't know. For instance, kissing helps reduce blood pressure. True, it gives you an anatomical workout. The more passionately you kiss, your heart gets revved up in a way that it lowers your blood pressure. It dilates your blood vessels and blood flow is a good thing. See? But it doesn't just end there. Kissing can, get, kissing can eliminate your cramps and headaches. Normally, if you have a headache, you don't want anything to do with anybody. You just want to curl up in a ball and disappear. But what I've just read is when those blood vessels in your head or stomach dilate, it alleviates the headache or cramps. So you can't use that line anymore. Not tonight, honey. I've got a headache. It's the cure. <laughs> Just kiss them. <laughs> Wait till you hear this. Kissing fights cavities. How, you ask? Because when you kiss, all the fluids in your body start flowing, including saliva. Now, I'm not trying to gross you out or anything, but the more you have saliva in your mouth, it washes away the, the plaque that's on your teeth, which leads to less cavities, which leads to one less visit to the dentist. And that you can't complain about. Now, kissing does amp up your happy hormones. And you've all heard about the feel-good chemicals called serotonin or dopamine. These are the chemicals that come from the rush, from exercising. Well, you get the same thing from a good, passionate kiss. And do you know that kissing actually burns calories? Not as much as a full workout in the gym, but maybe 8 to 16 calories if you have a really good, lengthy, passionate smooch. What's wrong with that? It also boosts your self-esteem. And there was a study just done in Germany of German men showing that after their wives gave them a really hot kiss before they went to work, they earned more money at work and got along better with their co-workers and were elevated to a higher stature. 
just because they felt good about themselves when they left home. Wait till you hear this. Kissing can sort of give you a little mini facelift. Because when your lips are locked together, you're using the muscles in your neck and your jaw. And the more you kiss, the more you tighten and tone those muscles. Now, have I not given you enough reason to start kissing like real kisses again? Here's the best, though. I mean, and it's true for me, and I'm sure it's true for you. The kiss, that first kiss, is sort of like a barometer for sexual compatibility. Like when you kiss that person, and if you don't like it, get the hell out. Shut the front door, as my kids used to say. You can't fix a man's kiss. He either knows how or he doesn't. I personally feel that I know how to kiss and I know how I want to be kissed. I don't want somebody shoving their tongue down my throat. Not when I first meet him and not when I first kiss him. Don't you want to feel somebody's soft lips and then maybe have them open just a little bit that it becomes a little more intense and then maybe just want to bite his lip gently or lick his lips softly and maybe have him do the same to you? Just a little bit of a tease. Isn't that the way it's supposed to be done? And then you go for the gusto if you like that part. That's when you put your tongues in each other's mouths and you go to town. Please. You might as well just grab me by the hair, throw me down on the mattress, and do me. If you want to kiss me the other way, just shoving your tongue down my throat, it's all the same thing. Practice the art of seduction, teasing, desiring, wanting, needing. Those are the things that should be in that first kiss. Which brings me back to the beginning. Where are you in that kiss with your partner? Are you settling? Are you back to mundane? Are you in shades of brown? Where the red and the pink and the white have disappeared and there's no more glitter? That needs to be fixed unless you want to spend the next 20 years kissing nothing. If we're lucky enough to have somebody that really loves us and is in love with us, and we feel the same way about them, we need to fix that kiss. It's the glue. It's what will keep us in our places. Look back in your mind and remember how much you used to love to kiss. I can remember there were times that I would walk down the street in New York City and felt so starved for a kiss that I wanted to grab any good-looking, halfway decent man, spin him around, and just put my lips to his. Without repercussion, I just wanted to do it. And knowing myself, I'm surprised I didn't, but I practice self-constraint sometimes in my life. But that's how Badly, I wanted to be kissed again, and I don't want you to ever be in that situation. This is the time to fix it. Fix it with the kiss. 
You'd be amazed if your relationship is lacking in other ways right now, how a perfect kiss can bring it all together again. So pucker up, my girlfriends, and plant one on them. Just think about it. Thanks for listening, and in this case, I want you to kiss and tell. Tell him. Better yet, show him. Let's talk about fairy tales next. Okay? I'm Robin Marshall, America's number one sugar mom. Have you heard the latest? A unicorn got loose in the California area, and the cops couldn't catch the unicorn for four hours. Now, to most people, they'd say, yeah, right, a unicorn. But to me, I still have that little girl part inside of me, and I wonder if you do too. It's like up until I was nine or ten years old, I believed in Santa, the Tooth Fairy, the Easter Bunny, fairy tales. I believed in all of that stuff, as did my kids. And man, I'll tell you what, I made them last till probably closer to 12 or 13 years old. So unicorns to me were the things that I would tell bedtime stories about to my children. Once upon a time, there was a beautiful little girl in a golden field filled with candy and unicorns with sparkle dust. (laughs) So this is what I'm picturing as I'm hearing about this story that just happened. A unicorn got loose. The only thing that might be a little bit more of a stretch for me, and not that far, is if they told me that leprechauns were seen dancing in the streets throwing out magic green glitter, sparkly dust again. Anything that glitters is mine. I love it. Reminds me that one of my children, when she was in preschool, came home from school insistent that she saw a leprechaun in the hallway. And you know, those are the moments that make you feel like the most proud mom in the world, that you have instilled something into your child's imagination bank and that they pull from the bank when needed, and they believe. And they believe that you believe. But my problem is, to this day, I really still believe in a lot of this stuff. Call me crazy. Call me naive. What's life without a little bit of magic? The truth of the matter is, it was a pony that was used at a child's birthday party that had a little horn attached with a strap on its head. And yes, it did take the police four hours to catch the thing. (laughs) How do you miss a unicorn? How do you lose a unicorn? But it just made me stop and think about that magic part that we have lost because we think we're adults. My advice, my suggestion is to just for a second, close your eyes and remember what meant the most to you way back when you were six or seven years old, what had the most influence over you that was magical? Something that you had to look forward to, you thought, for the rest of your life. That's where I want you to be today. A sugar mom reaches for what she used to have 
that she probably still has inside and now wants to bring it out again. A little bit of magic. It feels so good. Just keep it positive. I, on the other hand, for instance, still can't sleep with my hand hanging over the edge of the bed because I was so heavily influenced by Peter Pan and Captain Hook with that damn crocodile. I still think it's under my bed. So for me to hear about a unicorn on the loose or leprechauns dancing down the street is pure delight. And I hope that you can pull from your fairy tale bank, too. Just the good ones. And the funniest part of the story is the little girl that owned the pony. After they caught the pony, she was quoted saying, My mommy gave me a time out because my pony got lost. (laughs) Gotta love it. Next! I love to bring you random facts. They're so much fun. For instance, public school in England is the equivalent of private school in the U.S. It's a school you have to pay for. Our public schools are called state schools over there. Also, the only planet that's not named after a Roman god is Earth. What does any of this have to do with crocodiles or leprechauns? Nothing. I have no idea where I'm going with this. It just came out. For instance, the tradition of presidents wearing an American flag pin started because of a Robert Redford movie in 1972 called The Candidate. Do you believe that? He wore one in the movie and Nixon's chief of staff saw it and then had the real president start wearing one. And it's been that way ever since. But wait, there's more. Did you know the part of the watermelon we eat is its placenta? That ought to make you look at it a little differently the next time it's dripping down your chin. Friday the 13th isn't considered an unlucky day in Italy. Friday the 17th is. Why I chose all of this information and felt it would be informative to you? I don't know. Bear with me. You might gain something from this. As I digress, let me turn this around a bit. How about the most popular porn searches in every state? That ought to have your ears perked up and ready to listen. So there's this URL called Pornhub.com. They just released their data on the most popular porn search in every state. What do you think it is? Lesbian was number one in 30 states. Everyone's infatuated with women having sex with women. And stepsister or stepmom was number one in 10 states. It's all about women. See, that goes back to what I said. Or maybe I didn't say it, but I meant to say it and I was thinking it. Women do not like when men send pictures of their junk. It is a turnoff. If you're a guy listening to me right now, please understand I mean what I say, and so does probably every other woman listening. We don't like to receive text pictures of you in your glory. It does nothing for us. In fact, it takes all of the mystery away. If I'm going to wind up with you, I want to find out what you look like on my own. In my own sweet time, I don't want it put in my face like that. You see how I worded that. 
Just keep your pictures to yourself. So here's the deal. Kids who grew up in the divorce era are adults now, like us. <laughs> or so we think. And apparently they all kind of wish they'd jumped on the opportunity to seduce their stepsister or stepmom. Well, that's that old cougar thing. Also, black or ebony was number one in four states. Cartoon was also number one in four states. Hmm. And there were two states that had their own unique fetishes. In Hawaii, the most popular term is Asian, and in Rhode Island, the most popular was MILF. Well, here's a story for you. I guess if you've made the personal decision to smuggle drugs inside your intimate areas, you might as well fit as much up there as you can. I mean, you're going for it. You might as well go for the gusto. A 21-year-old flew from Kingston, Jamaica to New York City last week, and customs for some reason, got suspicious and took her to a separate room to question her. I wonder what makes somebody look like they're suspicious in that way. Is there something showing? Does she have white powder on her pants? Dripping down her legs? Oh, the things that I can just think of. And even though a body scanner didn't find anything, she admitted she had a lot of cocaine in her lady parts. First of all, why would she admit to this? No, let me retrace my words. First of all, why would she do this? Aside from the money, doesn't something happen to her inside, even if it's in a baggie? And it turned out she had a half a pound up there, which is worth $10,000. Okay, so now I kind of get it. But I mean, if that baggie ripped or you sat down the wrong way, poof, that's like one Big powder puff blowing up your insides. Sheesh. Oh, looking at the picture, it looks like it was taped up in an oval, like a really big egg. Well, I guess if you could fit a baby up there, you can fit an egg in there. So she was charged with felony narcotics possession. God, they should invent some other charge called felony vagina. Or something. Or make a song out of it, at least. Shoved up there for all the wrong reasons. She's a U.S. citizen, and there's no word on how she got mixed up in the Jamaican drug smuggling thingy. But wait, it just keeps on coming. Ugh, for lack of better words. There's a couple in Memphis, Tennessee who've been waiting for a year for a liver transplant for their two-year-old daughter. She's adopted, and she's got a genetic condition. Back in 2014, they were told that there was a 50% chance she'd only survive six months. But she held on for 16 months, and they finally got a call last Wednesday about a donor in Chicago. The problem was they had to be there by early Thursday morning for the surgery, and all the flights were either full or canceled because of a snowstorm. So one of their friends got in touch with FedEx, which is based in Memphis. Then they got a call telling them to be at the airport in a half an hour, and when they got there, FedEx had two pilots and a corporate jet waiting for them. They ended up landing in Chicago Wednesday night. The surgery happened Thursday morning, and her doctors expect her to make a full recovery. Somebody from FedEx said it was an extraordinary circumstance and they were happy that they were in a position where they could help. And that's the kind of story that just made the hair on my arm stand up. Love that kind of stuff. 
Hey, listen, have a wonderful day. Don't forget to stop in my store. You never know what you'll find there. And whatever stories and blogs and pictures I have at sugarmom.net. It's just fun during your lunch break to browse around and see what you can find. There's also a place for you to write to me. Feel free. I would love to know more about you. And how I got all that info into one podcast? I haven't a clue. And lastly for today, what I want to talk to you about is our bad habits. We all have something that embarrasses us. And mine is laughter. Wait, I'll tell you more. It's Robin Marshall. I've got a question for you. Do you have what's called a nervous laugh? (laughs) (laughs) Now, I'm really serious about this. I am cursed with this problem. And what's even scarier is my kids have the same issue. If I'm in a situation where I'm supposed to be able to behave myself, even as a grown-up, I just can't do it. The quiet really gets to me. Like, it's almost like I feel like I have a disease, like Tourette's or something. But what happens is, if I'm talking one-on-one with somebody in an important meeting, maybe I'm being hired for a job, there might be one little mannerism that person has that can set me off like, oh, it is the worst. I don't know what to do to control it. You would think after all these years, I would finally have the answer. And if you could just imagine me with my five children, if one of them looks at the other and makes a face or says one stupid word that happens to be an inside joke, the whole table falls apart. Like we just laugh like idiots because the other one is laughing. I don't know what to do about this. I have to set the right example for my kids and I just can't. I was on a messenger line today with my staff, and one of my staff is going through a medical issue that requires him to go and have liquid drained out of him. And when he talks about it, it makes me so nervous that I, I I mean, thank goodness I'm here by myself, but I start to laugh. And so he'll say, I'm going out to be drained. And the normal person would be very sympathetic but not me. I'm picturing like him hanging from some kind of bucket and a, a tube coming out of him. And, and I'm, I, 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 maybe it's because my imagination is so vivid. I'm very impressionable. Maybe that's the problem. Like I still think there are alligators under my bed. And that's from Peter Pan or crocodiles, anything with a mouth that looks like that. And Tinkerbell, with all that sparkly dust, I mean, you will never find me any day of the year without wearing something sparkly. And I know that it's because of Tinkerbell. But then the motherly instinct came from Wendy, and all of this was from Peter freaking Pan. (laughs) And wait, there is the basis of the whole thing. I never want to grow up (laughs) just like Peter Pan. So two of my girls are in class together. And I have three in the same college. And don't you know, they wind up in the same round table, open discussion group. And I said to one of them, 
how in the world are you guys pulling this off? Because in that kind of situation, that's where we melt. We have a meltdown. And one of them says to me, I don't look at her. And the other one says to me, we're failing. (laughs) Now, I'm paying for these classes, and I couldn't even get mad at them because I get it. I don't know what to do. I don't even have advice to give to them as to how to stop this from happening. My ex-husband used to put me in situations like this where he used to be able to talk in the funniest accents and he would just make me fall on the floor. I would laugh so hard. And we would be out in public in sort of a quiet surrounding area with maybe another couple or at dinner (laughs) with somebody. And he would, under his breath, say one word in one of those accents and it would destroy me. When I say I was done I was done. That couple would never go out with us again because he would sit there and look at me like I had a problem with a straight face, even though he was the one that created that monster that came out of me. And so I would have the other couple and him looking at me in that way, which would make it worse. The more you feel ridiculous when you have a nervous laugh and you're going through the laughter, the worse it becomes. Oh, dear God. I wonder if my mother had this. I know my dad didn't. And how in the world did my kids get it? But anyway, here I am, a professional adult that has to worry about what kind of conferences she goes to. I can't go to weddings. I'm horrible at funerals. And if I were to be fired, I would probably just burst out laughing in my soon-to-be ex-boss's face. And I'm sure that would not look good on my resume if somebody were to call and say, well, what'd you think about this woman? Oh, it's exhausting being me. And then there are comedies like, you know, slapstick kind of movies that I find to be ridiculous. Like everybody else will be laughing their ass off at this movie and I don't even see what's funny. It's just there's something warped in me. But then there will be something in a comedy that that will set me off that somebody can just repeat to me later and I'll laugh as hard as I did when I was at the movie. And it would be something like somebody pulling out a chair when somebody's about to sit down and, you know, them falling on the ground. Now that is slapstick, but when you're not expecting it and it's not a movie that's filled with that kind of stuff, that's when I just, I don't know. It's, I think it's just watching someone's expression on their face that gets me more than anything. The thing is, I don't know how I have so many friends. How do they put up with me? I mean, I'm like a loose cannon. Some call me high maintenance, but I think I'm more like a free spirit. Hmm, it sounds better that way. I'm actually a nut job who happens to be very creative and loves to talk about my shortcomings. (laughs) Even my dog will make me laugh uncontrollably because I know what the norm is for her and all of her expressions. But when she does something that is so (laughs) reactive to something that I've done, it's almost like you see this cartoon character of a dog that goes, what? (laughs) And I just... I find it to be so comical 
that no matter what she does that's wrong, nothing can be as bad as it is good when I laugh at something new that she does. Would you laugh at your dog (laughs) that weighs five pounds, five, taking off after a squirrel? (laughs) I mean, to nobody else in the world is it funny. But I have never seen that dog move as fast as she did in her life, as I saw today, racing across my backyard, to the point where I was worried the squirrel wasn't going to make it. But it's little things like that that just tickle me. It doesn't take a lot to make me smile. I'll tell you that much. I think I have to learn to start having like a bank of depressing thoughts in my head that keep me in control when I feel that bubble start inside of me, that laughter bubble. Maybe I think about, you know, somebody I know that died. I mean, that's what it would take, something that severe for me to think about to bring me back off the ledge of laughing like a hyena. Ridiculous. Just ridiculous. All right, I've gotten that out of my system. I feel less guilty for what I did to my poor employee today on that messenger. And it didn't help that he said they took 15 liters of fluid out of him. And I just lost control. And one of my other staff was on the same thread. And he says, oh, so uh, you did the backstroke to work? And that one just, that dropped me. And I told him, I'm sorry, I just, I don't know how to control this. You need to stop talking about this in the middle of the work day. (laughs) You make me nervous. One of my other staff did say to me, it sounds like you have Tourette's or PBA. Luckily, there was somebody on my side, my assistant on this same thread that said, now you've got me laughing. So it is a bit contagious, if it's sincere. And I sincerely can't control it. Any words of advice I will listen to. Find me on any podcast. Robin Marshall is all you need to type in. Tell me how to fix this. And don't start with putting sugar in my mouth and standing on my hands. I mean, that's for hiccups. (laughs) I need to know about laughing jags. You can also find me at robinmarshall.com. I have a website called sugarmom.net. There's all kinds of blogs and pictures and podcasts and fun quizzes and all kinds of things on both websites. Thank you for dealing with me today. It's a bit self-indulgent to talk for 10 minutes about yourself and a bad habit that you have. I just had to get it out. I feel better. Thank you. It's Robin Marshall, America's number one sugar mom. What the hell is wrong with me? A Westwood One podcast production.